Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes of your daily commute? Or how transportation impacts the community you call home? Maybe you want to explore outside your community and don't know where to start. Well, you're in luck because this is where you hop on. I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Phipps. We work in communications for Valley Metro, and together we'll discover all the ways that public transit enhances lives across the cities we serve. And we might even make some new friends along the way. Welcome to Storylines. On this episode of Storylines, I am very excited to bring one of our behind-the-scenes producers to our podcast. Welcome, Peter. Glad to be here. Peter, I know what you do. Can you tell everybody how you contribute to Storylines and how you're so important to this podcast? I do a lot of behind-the-scenes work on Storylines, though you've probably heard me during the ad breaks. I edit a lot of the show. I make Brittany, Maddie, and all our guests sound wonderful. I also help reach out to guests and get this thing on the airwaves so you can download it to your phone. We love Peter. As he said, he makes Maddie and I sound fantastic. So Peter will be joining us throughout the series on Storyline. So we're excited to have him and jump right into this episode. And we're talking about Artsline. Peter, you know a lot about Artsline, don't you? That's true. I've been to many of the arts and cultural destinations on the light rail, from the Phoenix Art Museum to the Herb Museum to the Mesa Arts Center. And those are just a few because we have over 55 arts and culture destinations along Artsline, including public art at every single one of our stations. And for this episode, we got to sit down with someone who we work with extensively for one of the most important art events happening this year. My name is Katrina Kaler. I am the president and CEO of Artlink Inc. What is Artlink and how did the organization come to be? Artlink is a 501c3 nonprofit arts and culture organization. It was founded by artists in the downtown Phoenix area back in 1989. And that founding of the organization actually followed the very first art detour event that happened in the heart of downtown Phoenix. And it was the first time that the artists of downtown banded together and invited people to discover the city in a new way. And that was to walk through their own studio doors and to get to know the arts community a little bit better, get to know the artists themselves better, and appreciate their contribution to the city. How does ArtLink support artists in the community now? So ArtLink's mission is to connect artists, business, and community to keep the arts integral to our development. And what that really means is we know that if we are here to serve the artists in the community, we can't just focus on a dialogue with the artists themselves because we know the artists are producing work that is truly wonderful and meant to be appreciated and perhaps even purchased. So to connect them with an audience, to connect them with collectors, and also to connect them with the growing business community here in Phoenix and Arizona is a really important thing to do because we know there are a lot of people moving to Arizona. There are a lot of businesses moving to Arizona. And we want to answer that question right up front. Is there a strong artist community here? The answer is an emphatic yes. And we encourage and invite you to connect with them on a regular basis. And we are here to do that, to live up to that name, which is Be That Art Link. First Fridays and Art Detour are two major events for Art Link. What goes into planning and developing these events? What's interesting about Art Detour and First Fridays is that they are somewhat similar, but they have two different trajectories. Art Detour is actually the founding event of the organization. That's what 
got the artists together and said, let's keep going and form the organization to keep this storyline moving forward into the future. And then a few years later, another group of artists actually started First Fridays on a different day of the week. Fun fact, it was a Wednesday. It was the first Wednesday of the month. When that was launched by this other group, ArtLink was there and they got together and said, why don't we work with you and why doesn't ArtLink take on the promotion of First Fridays. And yes, that's when the Fridays came into be that love that alliteration, kind of like that decision. So as First Fridays blossomed from there, I mean, it's been over 25 years at this point that First Fridays have been around in downtown Phoenix. It grew organically and it continues to do so. First Fridays is a very much an organic opt-in monthly event. Yes, it's monthly. I also want to point that out. We get many questions from people asking when First Fridays takes place. I just want to mention that it is actually in the name. We really do mean it's First Fridays. And so over the years, not only artists, but artists within neighborhoods started working together to form these destinations together. And as you look around modern times today, you see the neighborhoods. You see Roosevelt Row. You see historic Grand Avenue. You see the warehouse district. You see the downtown core, even the central midtown area with the larger destinations of Phoenix Art Museum and the Heard Museum and so on. You see what the artist community has done here. It is quite visible. And First Fridays was a huge factor in that. It was an event where people were allowed to discover the city and especially downtown Phoenix in a new way in a fresh way. So First Fridays happens every first Friday of the month, but what about Art Detour? So Art Detour, again, that founding event for ArtLink has been around now, it'll be 35 years. Wow. So as we move forward into March, 2023, we and the rest of the community will be celebrating the 35th anniversary of this amazing event. And talk about an event that's been on a different trajectory. This started out as a studio tour. It grew into a weekend of studios and gallery exhibitions and parties and food and beverage destinations. And then it grew in terms of the timeline. It became a week-long celebration. And then, da-da-da, the pandemic came through. So in the midst of all of the closures and cancellations of events. Come 2021, when we were still navigating all of that, we as an organization were faced with the idea of either canceling our detour or doing something different. So we opted for the latter. We decided in recognition that the artists who were here were still creating, they were still connecting. Many were doing programming online. They didn't suddenly disappear because of what was happening in the world. We were all very aware of it, but they were still here and still creating, and we wanted to honor that. And so we decided to expand. And what we did is instead of a weekend or a week, we expanded Art Detour into a month-long celebration of arts and culture. So that coupled with, it was also coming at a time where ArtLink was very, very focused on connecting with all forms of arts and culture. It's very easy, especially when you're looking at our history, to think that we are only focused on the visual arts. And in fact, we are not. We are connecting with visual arts, performing arts, public art, even fashion and culinary arts. These are all mediums that are connecting and contributing mightily to the vibrant culture and scene here in downtown and throughout the Valley and Arizona. So from March 1st to March 31st, everyone is invited to connect with the arts and culture community, to celebrate it, to visit, to meet the artists, 
to buy the tickets, buy that piece of art that you've been thinking about, discover new work, and really, maybe above all, to really appreciate the contribution that the arts and culture community makes to our quality of life, our economy, and it's what brings everything alive on in our everyday experience. And I really, really hope that everyone chooses this month of March to celebrate that. Every light rail station has public art. How important is public art for communities? Before I answer the question, I would, how about this? Pretend you're walking around the city and you're going by building by building, one after the other, experiencing our growing metropolis. And there's no art. There's no creative element. There's no texture. Maybe not even history. Maybe it was just one building after the other. Now, reimagine that same route and think about seeing the murals, seeing the functional art, the creative benches, the beautiful archways, the shade canopies, the etched sidewalks, and mosaics, so on and so on. The contribution that art makes to our built environment is an immeasurable value. And the fact that art is visible and showcased and just beautifully executed on every single light rail station along the Valley Metro light rail line, it says so much. It not only says that there's an investment here in the community, but it's a knowing investment. It's knowing that to really connect with people, it's not just about a train, it's not just about you know the hardscape, it's about the heart, it's the soul, it's the mind. And to really engage people that way is just, I think, a really beautiful thing. I mean, it's a matter of fact that most arts and culture destinations located within the valley are located on or near the light rail line. It's a very simpatico <laughs> situation. And so the, the fact is, you know, this the strength of our transportation system is absolutely enhanced and intrinsically tied to the destinations that the transportation system takes you to. And we're very happy to say that many, many, many arts and culture destinations are accessible. And so why not have art at the stations welcoming you along the way? Lightrail is affectionately known as ArtsLine. How do Valley Metro and ArtLink work together? What's tremendous about the light rail line is that it's not just referred to as the light rail line. It's also referred to as the arts line. And as such, again, it just makes that arts and culture connection that much more visible and that much more clear and celebratory, right? And so from ArtLink's perspective, we are extremely proud and honored to be a partner of Valley Metro's Arts Line program. For the past several years, we have worked with this very beautiful and experienced team here at Valley Metro and just collaborating with them and helping, you know, and supporting their own mission and their goal of connecting with the artist community. So periodically, you might see a call to artists advertised by both Valley Metro and ArtLink because we are together inviting the artist community to submit their portfolios for consideration. They may be selected to produce a mural or other elements that really contribute to the arts line story. So if you are an artist and listening 
to this little conversation. I really encourage you to keep an eye out for those calls to artists because they come out on a fairly regular basis. There are two spotlight artists identified each year, and every single artist is selected via an open call. So it's very inclusive. It's a really beautiful partnership, one that we are very pleased to continue into this coming year. And I would say if you haven't seen the artwork on the light rail stations, Art Detour 35 is the perfect time to experience that work and maybe even take some photos and post on social and tag Artsline along the way so we can say hi and cheer you on to your next stop. We do have a lot of great artwork on our stations. Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add? Another event, a highlight of Art Detour 35 is another milestone year for the 10th annual Art Decor Gala. This year's theme for the gala is Rays of Light, and it will take place on Saturday, March 11th at Park Central, which is right there on the Arts Line in Midtown Phoenix. And so we are celebrating the contribution of the artists to our community and economy. And at the center of this party, this is not a sit down dinner, our gala is a big party. It is at the center of this is a debut exhibition produced by the artists of the ArtLink Artist Council, each of whom has selected an artist identified via an open call to artists to collaborate with to produce this exhibition. So the Art Decor exhibition this year features a total of 26 artists, 13 pairs of artists who are right now as we speak planning their showcase artwork and beautiful installations that can be experienced throughout that night of the event. So that's the opening night of the exhibition and that exhibition will be open for just about a week. So it'll open on March 11th and be open through Sunday, March 19th. And following that opening night, it's free to attend and I really encourage everyone to check that out. Peter, it is amazing to hear how much the art community has grown in the Valley and continues to grow. I think it's so important that art is infused into our everyday lives. And as Katrina said, it just makes for a more beautiful landscape across the entire Valley. That's right. And after the break, we're going to focus on one of the major arts and cultural destinations that's right across the street from Light Rail. April is Valley Bike Month. Take advantage of the beautiful spring weather and go for a ride. Enter contests and challenges at sharetheride.com. Mobile Fare is now available in the Valley Metro app. Purchase passes and scan every time you board a bus or at light rail stations before riding. Get started at valleymetro.org slash mobilefare. Valley Metro and the Phoenix Rising Football Club are rising as one with a great deal. Your ticket to any Phoenix Rising match is your light rail fare to and from the team's new stadium right outside the 38th Street and Washington Station. Kick off the new season in a new way and go Rising! As Katrina mentioned, Art Detour is coming up soon, so don't miss any of the arts events. And one of the major hotspots that you can check out is the Phoenix Art Museum. So after you hop off at McDowell and Central Avenue, let's listen in on all the stuff you can hear happening at the Phoenix Art Museum. 
I am Madeleine Braggs. I'm the Chief Digital Officer at Rose Law Group and at the Phoenix Art Museum. I am a council member on the Circles Advisory Council, which works closely with our board and also our club of donors, which I'm really excited to tell you guys about. Awesome. Can you share briefly what people expect when they come to the Phoenix Art Museum? I think it kind of depends. I think sometimes people expect boring, oh, dull, walking around, like, can I even, like, party there? I don't know anything about art. That's something that I definitely do hear a lot when I suggest let's go to one of my favorite places on earth. But I think that people who are already familiar in the art community and are already fans of art, they know that the Phoenix Art Museum is impressive by all standards. And especially compared to art museums across the country, like it is a really special place. What are some of the annual events people can attend at the museum? We always have a lot going on at the museum. So right now, one of the collections that we have are the Mister. You can hear the song of this town, which is a contemporary exhibit. Features a lot of manga inspired art and just like huge floor to ceiling, mega, mega masterpieces. So it's really impressive and immersive because, like I said, this art goes from wall to ceiling. So you really walk around and you feel like you're in Tokyo and there's sculptures. So a lot to get lost in there. And then we also just this week opened up a new fashion exhibit in conjunction with ACI, the Arizona Costume Institute, from Jeffrey Bean. So that is called Move, the modern cut of Jeffrey Bean, which I just got to see on a sneak peek preview. Actually, it was so exciting. It's gorgeous and beautiful, especially if you love dancing and that conjunction of what ballets will include in their costumes. So it's a lot of really bright, modern cuts. And the mannequins that they have a lot of these displayed on are in, you know, ballet poses. So when you mix that with like the projections you see on the screens of like videos and kind of like some vintage, like out of the archive looking videos from a lot of these fashion shows or a lot of these ballet performances, it lives up to the name of like move because you do it. It is such a fluttery, constant display of beautiful garments and fabrics and So that's a lot of fun, and you guys can check that out now, actually. So I know that there's obviously tons of art exhibits and rotating art exhibits, but you guys also have a theater at the Phoenix Art Museum, right? Yes, the Phoenix Theater Company is also on that campus, just adjacent to the gardens when you walk out from the doors from the museum. So that's another wonderful way to experience art here. They do a lot of Broadway-style performances. I think the one that they have right now is An American in Paris. So it's really exciting to be able to host events in conjunction with them. You mentioned earlier that you were part of the Circles of Support Club. Can you tell us more about that? For those who love art so much and have kind of like that philanthropic interest. So we have this club which I've been working on only for about a year now, but I'm super excited about it because as someone who was always a huge fan of the museum, like I would take advantage, even like in college, just like jump on the light rail before I had my car to go down there. And it's a place that like you can access super easily. 
And especially because they have a restaurant that has wine there. So you can, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Palette, you can go and get a glass or two or however many at the museum before you go enjoy the galleries. I really recommend it. So yeah, you can catch the light rail and kind of get there safely. But I was just going so often. I was like, there's got to be like more that I could do. And so after being put in touch with this incredible council, I realized this group, Circles of Support, you make a donation to the museum. Minimum is $1,500. Those are the donations that really keep those fun after hours events going and the like military programs and the pay what you wish Wednesdays. Like those are all funded by our incredible donors and to show our appreciation for those donors. We create this club where we add exclusive events and sneak peeks. So just this week, I was able to check out the Jeffrey Bean exhibit before it was open to the public. And it was this beautiful like cocktail reception. And you are surrounded by people who are just as obsessed as art as I am. So in addition to on-campus events, we'll also have off-campus events. There was also a lecture that I went to with Rashad Johnson, and that was incredible. He was one of CNN's like heroes of the year, and he makes these incredible, like larger than life, immersive type of artistic experience where he made like kind of like a huge like greenhouse with a bunch of like frames and different levels and stuff. And then in the center of like this cube of greenery that all has like different like structure or like just interesting little things about it, there's a piano player like in the middle of it. I was front row with this incredible artist recognized like nationally. And again, because the Circles Club was able to kind of reserve that for its members. So, I mean, I can literally go on and on. As you can tell, I love art in this museum so much. You mentioned some of the events for the higher donors, but what about for people on a budget? Let's talk free. How can people access the museum for free? Yes, there are a lot of really great ways to enjoy art, no matter what your budget is. So one thing that people were used to enjoying before was First Fridays, where after hours, you know, in celebration with the rest of the city, you could stop by. But we did make an adjustment. So we're no longer going to be doing First Fridays. We'll be doing Phoenix after hours. That'll be four Fridays a year from five to nine. So kind of like Phoenix after dark. So that'll be fully free. And you can enjoy all of that really cool programming. And then we also have Pay Which you wish Wednesdays. So that'll be extended hours as well. I love Wednesdays because that's like such a good date night idea. Sometimes it could be hard to get to the museum during its regular hours because a lot of us work that same schedule. But on Wednesdays, I always say like, it is a perfect like right after work, go to the museum, have dinner, have wine, enjoy the galleries. So Wednesdays are a really good way to take advantage of that kind of open doors theme. At the museum, ultimately, we just want everyone to be able to feel that closeness and connection with art. I think it's really important, too, to curate that across all demographics. So whether you're an art major and you've been traveling for decades or whether you're an art curator or whether you're just someone who wanted to check out something like in the city that they've never done before, there's something there for everyone. All kinds of art. I mean, classic Renaissance, which is my personal favorite. I'm a Renaissance gal. But there's also modern art, photography. One of the very popular exhibits is the Fireflies Room, like where you go in and smear. Have you guys been to that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So at another Circles event, we were actually talking about like the future of art and digital art. And we had this NFT panel 
with one of the attorneys at Rose Law Group. One way that people can get to art for free is also through public art. And so at all of our light rail stations, we have public art available. And you mentioned it before, you took the light rail to the Phoenix Art Museum. And our light rail has 55 arts and culture destinations across the entire line. That is exciting. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. How important is it for public transportation to give people access to the arts? Public transportation is really important in empowering the communities. And like we said, like we want art to not be something that is reserved for only an exclusive. Everyone is really welcome and everyone welcome to appreciate, you know, different levels of art at the museum. I think that Valley Metro does a really wonderful job at monitoring all of their stations. And I can say that because I've been writing it since I was in college in like 2013. Just from my personal experience, I know that it's safe. And I also know that I was really excited to see there's a new station in downtown Phoenix, right? That has just like incredible like wall mural. So yeah, it's only getting bigger and better. And I think that it no longer feels like a burden to have to use public transportation. It's an experience that is worthwhile. I totally agree. Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add? You can connect with Phoenix Art too, even just from any device. They're on every social media platform, and I know that they really love to see you guys talking about their experiences. You can keep in touch with me at Madeline Media underscore on Instagram, and that's where I, you know, will share any invites for any of these circles events. If you think that you may want to check it out, if that seems like something that you'd want to meet people through, I think it's wonderful to just kind of grow that community. And I will use all my plus ones on anyone who wants to come. I don't know about you, Brittany, but after speaking with Madeleine, I'm already planning my next trip to the Phoenix Art Museum. Peter, there's so much to do, so much to see across our entire line. Which one's your favorite? Don't make me choose. One of my favorites is the Mesa Arts Center. That whole area across the street from Center and Mesa is just full of different things between the performing arts, the free art museum, and so much more to do. And ASU just added their mixed media center there, which just expanded the arts and culture scene in that area. So that's definitely a huge revitalized area from light rail and arts line in general. I think my favorite is probably the Nash, which is in downtown Phoenix, right off of Central and Roosevelt. That station is our arts and culture destination hub. It's where you can check out First Friday. There's tons of events that always happen through the area. But the Nash, I love it. You can get live music, and it's one of my favorite places to go in the city. Well, that's it for this episode of Storylines. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to us on your podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review us. If you have any favorite arts and cultural destinations or ideas for future episodes of Storylines, email us at podcast at valleymetro.org. For Valley Metro, I'm Brittany. I'm Peter. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Storylines is produced by Alec Totsitz and Dane Riles. Peter Corkery is the executive producer. I'm Brittany Hoffman with Madeline Phipps. Thanks for listening.